This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Vores. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest is PR. My name, as I hope it will always be, barring any incident at all, is Lyle Fulton, and I'm joined, as I hope I always will be, by the absolutely wonderful Jackie Vores. Jackie, we're back again Thursday afternoon. We've done our due diligence on getting everything framed correctly before we went live on the podcast. I got in there ahead of you, straight in. I'm straight in this afternoon. But first things first, first <laughs> things first. How are you this fine Thursday afternoon? How has your week been? Yeah, it's been really, really busy, really good. Lots going on. We're in that sort of mad run up to Christmas now. Silly season. So it's good. Big time, big time. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you find us listeners, as I'm sure you'll be aware, given that you all exist in the real world, the, the properly calendared world. We're towards the end of September currently. We're heading into October. I cannot quite believe that that's the case. I feel like every piece of writing I write for the most at the moment is, can you believe it's almost Christmas? And then I have to remind myself that I've used that sentence several times before, and it's all about being original when it comes to new writing. But yes, as I said, we've done our due diligence on this episode of the podcast in terms of framing everything properly, getting our audio correct as well. Speaking of due diligence, proud of this segue, proud of this and proud I got in early before you. Speaking of due diligence, we're going to speak about a rather significant news story that's broken very recently. We like to do this when it's just Jackie and I, we kind of like to keep up on current affairs on what's been in the news, certainly United Kingdom, but also worldwide. And this has become a, a worldwide news story in essence, because it centers on Russell Brand. That's right, listeners. The allegations, very serious allegations leveled at Russell Brand, courtesy of some reports in the Times, the Sunday Times, and you may or may not have seen it, the Dispatches program that was released on Channel 4 this weekend, just gone without wishing to date the podcast. The reason I mentioned due diligence, listeners, is because Jackie and I, typically, we like to come at things from a PR angle if we can, and also a business angle. We're going to talk about the due diligence or lack of that was done by certain organizations who employed Russell Brand over the last two decades, really, because he's really been in the media for a colossally long time. I mean, Jackie, just to start off, I mean, you've obviously been following this story. I've been following this story. Normally you get me to give a bit of a rundown, but let's just give listeners who may not know what the situation is, just a very brief rundown of what he's been accused of, what the story is and has been with Russell Brand over the last week to 10 days. Well, it's a bit of a sad story, really, because this is a man who's a worldwide name because he's appeared in films, he's written books, he's now got his own YouTube channel about wellness and everything else. But he started off as a comedian in the early 2000s, the the noughties, quite appropriately. And he was always very risque and his type of humour was always very lewd, crude, and base and some people find that humor funny i personally don't i quite like clever um intellectual humor but you know his his was very sort of almost outrageous humor all very sexual all very base and it's really no surprise to me that this documentary and this investigation has has yielded so many stories from women about how he sexually abused them raped them demeaned them, groomed them. And uh, he obviously denies all of these allegations. But I know one of the journalists involved in this and uh, from, from the Sunday Times, and I know how rigid the Sunday Times is in its 
checking of facts, needing real robust evidence and proof of any allegations that they make. They are incredibly, incredibly careful about what they publish. Mm. So, you know, and same with Channel 4 and Dispatches. And and hats off to Channel 4, actually, for screening something which would actually throw a light on their own practices because Channel 4 was one of Russell Brand's employers as a broadcaster. So in a way, doing a documentary examining your own practices has to be lauded. But what I wanted to take this podcast from uh, was was really from the perspective of we've, we're talking a lot about these characters and these allegations that are constantly coming into the media of abuse of position, of the abuse of power, of, you know, that kind of like uh, from footballers, from entertainers, from reporters, these people who are celebrities who are in positions of power and how they have managed to use those positions to impose themselves. It's a, it's a very light way of saying what some of them have done to people, but how that's come about and what can be done to prevent it. And we talked quite a lot when we talked about the footballers, about how processes need to, to be brought in. Now, this thing that's happened with Russell Brand, you know, this, this started off 10, 20 years ago when that kind of humour, I think, was a little bit more acceptable than it is now. But still, if you look at it in the bright light of day, it was, as the documentary was titled, In Plain Sight. Mm. And it really brings into harsh focus all of these other stories that we've been talking about on the podcast and that the media has been full of. It puts it all into incredible harsh focus to say, Okay, two things. One is obviously what a company's doing now. What do they need to to do now? Because I always like to take a lesson from everything. And really all of these 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 current stories that have come out just in this year, just in 2023 should be taken as a huge signpost for companies to do a few things. And I think we've talked a lot about crisis communications. Crisis comms needs to be brought into every single boardroom of every single size company as something they need to be thinking about now. Because this kind of crisis can hit any organisation. Any organisation that employs people could come up against a crisis caused by one of their employees. Mm. So they need to start to think about that. And when they start thinking about crisis, they then need to start thinking about what their rules are, what their visions are, what their values are, what their mission is. So that comes down to HR. So HR and comms need to be talking. And when we talk about HR, HR needs to be responsible for the kind of person that they recruit and the kind of person they they involved. So we've talked about a lot about how crisis comms can work with just dealing with the crisis. But I'm edging now into let's talk about preparedness. Let's talk about what can boards do now to prevent the Russell Brand kind of story coming out or to mitigate for something that could happen now as a result of the Russell Brand story because more and more of these stories are coming out of the woodwork. That's it, loads of things. And we've spoken, I think, a little bit about, and and I think the angle we're coming at this from today in, in this episode of the podcast is absolutely spot on because we spoke a little bit about immediately after the Philip Schofield scandal, 
about how that wasn't necessarily dealt with all that well about how you know itv could have done more to kind of stop the palaver surrounding it the kind of public feuding the public statements being made and um, without their say so they didn't really get their messaging spot on they didn't really know i think we speculated and their execution was crap and their preparedness yeah. was crap their execution was crap their preparedness was crap at the time we speculated as well and like i say it's mere speculation because there's obviously no proof but we're just kind of saying what we see that maybe they allowed things to run their course when it came to them both being on air at the same time holly and phil because it was in some way captivating to watch for the public audience and they wanted to kind of you know ride that wave as long as they could that was dealt with poorly then we spoke about the hugh edwards scandal and the immediate aftermath of that and about how actually the bbc dealt with that relatively well by comparison in terms of fronting up they had spokespeople come out straight away you know he was kind of sent to you know sent into recovery as it were Hugh Edwards was kind of booked into to recovery booked into hospital for his mental health they dealt with that relatively well so Channel 4 and BBC and Endemol all of these places that Russell Brand worked for we could discuss their reaction to it. Their reaction has been what you'd expect. They've obviously said they're going to undertake some investigations into what his behaviour was like around that time, the time in question, which, um, to be specific listeners, was um, 2006 to 2013, and when these assaults are alleged to have happened, four women have accused him of, of sexual assault, and like you say, of humiliation and of uh, manipulation, intimidation, all these sorts of things. Uh, the Metropolitan Police have opened an investigation, all of that stuff. But the details are... They're not neither here nor there. Don't get me wrong. The details are important, but we're going to kind of come at it from the due diligence angle. BBC, Channel 4 and the Mall have responded how you'd expect. They've taken material that includes brand that they deem below their standards. Interesting how it's now below their standards since these things have come out, but that's probably for another podcast. But content that Russell Brand's involved in that they deem below their professional standards has been removed from their streaming platforms. Russell Brand has been dropped by his literary agent, et cetera, et cetera. Like there have been ramifications, but you're so right. When it comes to how these organizations conducted their due diligence when they were employing brand, that for me was not the most stark thing about the documentary. I've watched the documentary. I watched it earlier this week. The most stark thing is obviously the allegations themselves. The most you know horrific things you hear are the allegations themselves. But one of the most stark things for me was the chronology of his career relative to the incidents being dropped in. And what you realize is, strangely, that when he was starting out as a performer, which is what he was really, and so he trained as an actor and a performer, was actually, and again, this is, people can fact check this if they like, but I've been told by my wife that he was told to leave before he finished his qualification because of substance abuse and because of bad behavior, right? So things track, right? You know, things start to track from very early. He then early in his career, like you say, was doing very, very lewd things that, you know, were kind of public indecency levels of performance to people in the public. That was kind of the fly on the wall camera. And then he was on MTV and there were reports of his substance abuse on MTV. But he was getting these jobs off the back of being very outrageous, outrageous to the point of causing discomfort among members of the public and amongst substance abuse, which you never condone. And, he, and then he went to rehab. And he came out and it was as if man reborn. And like you say, yeah, then he was on Channel 4 and Big Brother. There were reports even before this documentary, this was years and years ago, that he was not brilliant on set, that he had problems with his mental health, which is by the by. 
but also there were there were always rumors you know i thought daniel sloss was brilliant on the documentary about being that comedian who spoke up i'm going to come on to that in just a second i'm sure and yet rumor 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 rehab again out now he's got his own bbc radio 2 show all of a sudden i'm fast forwarding through this quite quickly Saxgate, which for our listeners is when him and jonathan ross left a voicemail message on andrew Sachs, who played manuel in 40 towers answer phone where they said lots of lewd things about Andrew Sachs's granddaughter and how Russell Brand had had a sexual relationship with Andrew Sachs' granddaughter. Russell Brand resigned. Jonathan Ross was suspended briefly. Then he was ultimately told to leave as well, the BBC. Fast forward a few months, Russell Brand's now a movie star. This is what started to blow my mind, is that these companies, who I'm sure now, in 2023, you wouldn't even really need to do your due diligence on Russell Brand now. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it hasn't changed. Maybe the needle hasn't moved that far. But I think now, in light of you, well, you know, you, but at the time, it just seemed like the more controversial well, you know, it was, the more he'd give, the more the more jobs he'd get. It was crazy. You would think that now, with everything that's been going on, with, you know, all the different examples that you're giving, you would think that all of these stations are doing all the things that we would hope they would do. But I don't think that that's the case. I don't think I think if this Russell Brand um, story hadn't come out, I think you would still see him coming onto our screens, appearing on popular programs like Have I Got News For You or The Last Leg or chat shows to publicise his wellness channel on YouTube. I think that, that would still be going on because at the end of the day, it's money counts, isn't it? It's the value of the asset that, you know, if he's an asset that will bring in viewers, that will bring in sponsorship, that will bring in money, they'll only drop the asset when it becomes like too hot a potato to, you know, to tarnish their reputation. So here's the challenge for organisations in the entertainment industry and in the football industry. They really do need to be looking and any they should be really examining all of their assets to see how safe those assets are. They should at least be make, revising their own codes of conduct to make sure that um, everybody knows how they're expected to behave. And finally, their HR people should be thinking very, very closely about who they should be recruiting in and again, what sort of due diligence they should be doing and what sort of checks they should be doing. Now, it's interesting to me because the reason I came up with this idea of, of approaching the Russell Brand story from, from this angle is that what appeared to me throughout that documentary, time and time and time again, the rumours were around, the actual direct complaints were coming in to the point that on one of the shows that he was working on, they decided that they were going to take women out of the firing line. Well, this... They were going to only have men working on that show so they knew he was a danger and they still continued he even had it in his contract although their banerjee are saying we can't find the documentation or whatever banerjee now owns endemol they're saying that there wasn't a contract in many there are many references to a contract that says he's not allowed to have any sexual relations with people on within the company on on set and yet this this was still allowed it was positively sort of manufactured into a sort of like, well, 
we know what he's like so let's just keep him away from the danger let's keep people away from the danger but you know let's have this person doing what they do because we want to make the money out of him we, he's a he's a pull he's a draw so we're going to let him get away with it basically and even then when he's running these shows he's getting women to find women for him to take back and have sexual relations with it's unbelievable but this was all not even a secret everyone's calling it an open secret it wasn't a secret there's no such thing as an open secret well this is the thing i mean like in the modern era i can't believe i'm saying that in reference to what we're discussing but in the modern era certain things now in light of scandals you can be fairly certain at least i hope don't exist one such thing and this is mentioned in the documentary is that i believe he was named fhm's top shagger 2006 the sun newspaper <laughs> gave him an award right it was an award what for being great like, right yeah i know i wear what a great you know publication <laughs> fine must whatever. read publication yeah. That well, I mean, but the thing is, right, is that like it's increasingly must read, not because you're going to enjoy it. I mean, I think we've spoken about this about GB News. I'm not saying that the Sun and GB News are comparable. This is a bit of a tangent. I'm not saying for a second the Sun and GB News are exactly comparable, but you kind of like once in a blue moon read the Sun in the same way once in a blue moon you might watch GB News. You're not going to like it, but it's like fascinatingly crap. So I mean, it's just like it's like how I mean, this is a sport. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is a sporting thing that I tend to bring up, but. They released a news story at the weekend where they were like, oh, Man United players had a massive bust up. And I promised I wouldn't mention this in the podcast, but I'm going to have to now. Man United players had a massive bust up in the dressing room after they lost at home to Brighton. That was released by The Sun. It's been completely debunked by every other newspaper and the club themselves. But The Sun were like, oh, let's sell a paper on the Sunday because that's what The Sun do. And they gave Russell Brand this ludicrous prize, this award for being the top shagger of a certain year. Now... What that says to me is loads of people still, sadly, in my opinion, but anyway, you're not going to go down that road, but loads of people still buy the sun and loads of people bought the sun 15 years ago when this was alleged to have happened. So then when Endemol are doing their Big Brother spinoffs, which Russell Brand hosted, and when Radio 2 want to go a bit lowbrow, let's say, with their you know primetime radio programs with Jonathan Ross and when other... TV shows want a slightly more lewd, slightly more outrageous out there, which was the humour given the time, like you said, TV presenter. And when films want a British kind of rebel rouser to be one of their leads in their films, they look at Top Shagger and they go, let's get him in, because that's clearly like what's selling at the moment, not realising clearly based on these, and again, the allegations at this stage, but not realising the kind of firework in a, in a negative sense they're bringing into their place of work. Now, A, hopefully, I mean, I'd have to do my fact check on this, A, Top Shagger doesn't exist at the Sun. It's mercifully moved on even a little bit since, you know, you know, we'd spoke about how the Sun suddenly developed a moral compass over Hugh Edwards. Okay, whatever. Sorry, I'm going on a bit of a rant here. But Top Shagger doesn't exist. And if it did, you'd think broadcasters would go, we don't want to top shagger hosting our game show we want a safe pair of hands we want bradley walsh we want Xander armstrong we live in the era where these tv programs are hosted by like your richard osmonds you know your victoria Cora mitchells 
intellects do you know what i mean people who are going to like kind of challenge their audiences back then companies were like russell brown's flavor of the month because everyone thinks he's a nutter so let's bring him in and let him host our tv shows my question was going to be off the back of that strange but i think necessary rant to get all of this off my chest my question to you was going to be this how difficult is it now and how difficult has it been over the last two decades to do this due diligence and what are the differences because i think now you see high profile personalities sports people are obviously front and center in my mind because of what i'm into is and what my hobbies are you know twitter facebook social media posts are dug up and they're then a reason for and we spoke with hannah on last week's episode of the podcast about this you know they're dug up and that's a reason for dismissals and things like that but what we're seeing here is an example of an individual who for the last three or four years has promoted himself as a wellness influencer and a man with you know there's an extraordinary moment in the documentary where he's seen there's video clips of him at rallies where he's on the side of you know disadvantaged and vulnerable women in the global society and yet the allegations that the documentary was about were directly affecting women in a really awful way how difficult is it for businesses to do their due diligence after the event a because obviously this happened years and years ago and b just how difficult has it been and is it now to do that when there are obviously so many different factors so looking at the russell brand instance just on its own in its entirety it's you know it's a bit of an anomaly because he's clearly someone who's out there in the public eye a lot of these broadcasters and entertainment companies made their decisions based on the fact he's an asset and 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 they chose to push it under the carpet, which has been a lot of what my arguments about entertainment companies, sports companies, that kind of thing is just a push, you know, sweep it under the carpet and let's not let it, you know, let's let's hope it goes away. So, you know, that that aside, when you're looking at corporations doing their due diligence on uh, key appointments, on people they're taking on to do contract work. I think that it's actually easier than it has been ever before, as Hannah would tell us from her social media experience, to be able to, to do your own checks on people, to see what their opinions and what their views are and decide whether they do fit with your organisation and what you want. But, you know, you can, but a lot of employers that don't do that, you'd be surprised, Lyle, if I could, te- if I would tell you that the number of employers that I talk to when doing just during the course of doing my own work at Moso, when, when, uh, so in PR, there is a, this thing called the appointment release, the, the appointment press release. And it's probably more used in financial and corporate and B2B PR. And that's the, you know, you often find that there are pages within trade publications. And we do a lot of that kind of work, looking at people's history, looking at their CV, interviewing them for their own appointment releases. And in the last few years, it's become so important for me to say to companies, have you done your reference checks on these people before we put out a press release? And that, uh, that honestly, I, I kid you not, that I would say between 50 and 75% have not done the reference checks on the individuals they're asking us to do press releases about. Because they're basing a lot of what they're 
gut feel or the, uh, their decision based on maybe a rigorous interview process, obviously, their own gut feel, probably their pre- pre-knowledge of that person within their industry. So, so a lot of companies just feel that having seen what they've seen of this individual, that, you know, they'll do the, or they'll leave that to somebody else to do the reference checks later. And I think it's it's so, so much more important these days to make sure that before you bring a decision or make a decision based on an individual joining your organisation or leading a show or joining a football team, that as many checks as you can do as possible so that if something does rise up to bite you, you can say, we did everything we could then you know you're 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 on a better footing should that person lead you down to an area of disrepute but i don't i don't think that is happening and that's that's the thing that that i would call out i'd be be doing a big call out to organizations they're all sitting back going oh russell brand oh dodge that bullet or oh russell brand well he's an anomaly but what can you learn from a situation like that what can you take from a situation like that because seriously all the messages all the red flags were flying i mean like you know it was a red flag parade it was a red flag festival it was a festival of flags around <laughs> and nobody took any notice absolutely absolutely right i mean i suppose a follow-up to that is and i feel like this is a bit of a loaded question in fact i'm sure it is and I, you might even have just answered it but is the bar higher now when it comes to references across every organization because i get and i kind of alluded to it earlier i get the sense that had channel four or the bbc or any of these big hollywood movie production companies done their reference checks and like you say there's a strong chance some of them haven't done that certainly not to the fullest extent they should have done but let's just hypothesize and say for the sake of argument they all did was the bar lower then in terms of references like let me try and come up with an example straight off the bat. Nowadays, if a reference came back and said, this guy's constantly late and he drinks occasionally towards the end of a shift. You can't write references like that. You're That's illegal. You're not allowed to say, you're not, you're not actually allowed to give somebody a bad reference, which is quite they, interesting. This is extraordinary. But I mean, for example, but I don't, where, where do you have passed a reference? You're allowed to hold a reference. You're allowed... Oh not to give a reference mm. you can say i choose not to give a reference on that individual and that generally will be interpreted as hmm that's not a good sign sure but you're not you're not i mean we'd have to get somebody on somebody on from the cbi or something like that to to talk through or an hr expert in fact i do know an hr expert we might have to do that but my general call is yeah i don't know whether the bar is set necessarily higher there are certainly many more avenues that you can go down in terms of checking up on people than just just reading a reference that you've gleaned you know you have all sorts of social media channels you know the internet is packed with history you can really find out a lot about people if you if you want to go down that course and could you necessarily get a reference back from people and find that they're a sex pest like Russell Brand no possibly not but you might you might be able to just do a bit more calling around and find out what people are about. But I'm I'm really sort of saying with the, the larger entertainment organisations, they should know that all these rumours are abounding. I mean, uh, what was it? The Catherine, 
I've forgotten her surname. She's That's a comedian. Right. Has been alluding to this for such a long time. She's and but she said that there are others as well. It's not just Russell Brand. And when you hear about comedians talking about how they're treated on the circuit, so many people are saying there are many other names that could come out about you know doing similar things. Well, Daniel Sloss, so, didn't he? Daniel Sloss, who was the only comedian prepared to speak up on the documentary. Uh, certainly that's what the documentarians said in a caption before Daniel Sloss spoke. And Daniel Sloss, I think, is a fantastic comedian. Daniel Sloss famously, and it is famously, quite often I say famously, it doesn't mean that, but famously did a piece of stand-up where it wasn't remotely funny, but it was in a good way that it wasn't funny. It was on a Netflix special, I believe, where he spoke about someone who had been a friend of his for most of his adult life who he thought he knew better than anybody and turns out he did know them better than anybody and it turns out that his friend did sexually assault a woman did, did rape a woman and he said he would have to live with that for the rest of his life because he he was there he was not there physically when it happened but he was around this individual for a lot of the time while he was mm. doing that and he didn't call it out and my wife and I actually speculated, I think quite rightly, that that's maybe why he did speak out now. Maybe he feels a sense of responsibility as someone who has performed on the same card as Russell Brand to speak out about the fact that you're right, there were rumours. And in the same breath as it being an incredible opportunity, if you got to perform on the same card as Russell Brand because he was such a high-profile comedian and media personality there was also a strong sense to urge people to exercise caution around him when you went and performed with him because of the sort of person he is. That's what Daniel Sloss alluded to. But actually to your point, which is the same point Catherine Ryan made, Daniel Sloss also mentioned that there are WhatsApp groups for female comedians who share names of people to be careful around on the circuit, which is just extraordinary. I mean, a question I have, I actually didn't anticipate asking this question, but a question I have when it we're going down the due diligence route is what do organizations of any kind do now? And I don't say that thinking they're going to do anything drastically different, but we've had so many of these instances, albeit fair enough within the media and within sport, but they must be cross industry. They must be, you know, whole industry wide. Every industry going has instances of this happening. Do organizations now actively go back through records they've kept and do their own preemptive retrospective due diligence on their employees because in, in an attempt to avoid being caught cold by it being released without their say so do you see what i mean because hypothetically channel four could have well, released I a mean, statement saying we have reason to believe this yeah i think it, it would be different in any industry i think sometimes you've just got to put a stake in the ground and just say from now on because let's say something does come up to bite you from the past you can say, just like Banerjee is saying, just like Channel 4 is saying right now, okay, our systems, our, our, our contracts, our policies, we're not as rigid as they are now. So the encouragement is it is incumbent on all organisations to make sure that their policies on whistleblowing, on professional conduct, and also their C-suite, their, their leadership, is very clear on what their company stands for, what their values are, and make sure that that is that take that's across every area of the business, whether that's HR, whether that's production, whether that's from your leadership function and how your leaders behave. 
at board level, there should be every organization saying to themselves, we need to make sure that we are squeaky clean, that you know, all our processes are correct. So yeah, that's an investment. I mean, I've just been had the pleasure of working with so you know, some excellent lawyers, and I, I'll probably at some stage talk about that on a podcast, but right now I can't. But you know, lawyers are there from a preventative perspective as well as from a a crisis perspective. So, you know, once you've got your mission, vision, values, everything else completely clear, and you know what your organization stands for, you need your policies and processes and procedures to follow those and make sure that those are implemented across all areas of your organization that interact with people. And so once you're clear about that, and that might be an investment in bringing in some lawyers to make sure that you've got clear policies on whistleblowing, for example, across all your contracts, or you've got clear policies on on professionalism or gross misconduct, so that everybody can't, nobody can say, I didn't know, I wasn't warned, I worked with Russell Brand, you let Russell Brand behave like that, why couldn't I behave like that, you know? These are the things that each organization has to be clear about. I think it's more difficult in the world of entertainment because, you know, sometimes you do bring on these people because they are controversial. And, you know, the likes of Piers Morgan would be going, oh, my God, we're living in a woke society. We're all too woke. And so we're, we're, we're taking out all the humor and we're talking about all taking out all the life and the vivacity and the spontaneity. But I don't really care about woke when it comes to whether he thinks it's woke or not, when it comes to people being raped and sexually assaulted and attacked and demeaned and gaslit. Woke can bugger off as far as I'm concerned, because that's not woke. It's against the law. It's morally reprehensible. It's completely wrong. And these people and what they stand for nowadays wouldn't ever. Russell Brand today wouldn't ever find a platform. He wouldn't. It just isn't. His behavior isn't acceptable. But I damn well can guarantee you there's going to be more of these coming out of the the woodwork, more of these dinosaurs who treat women appallingly. And they will come out of the woodwork because, as we've seen, once the avalanche starts, there'll be more and more and more. And my advice to all of these different production houses, broadcasters, agents, literary agents, is to just make sure that you're squeaky clean from today onwards. Make sure that you have all those policies. Make yeah. sure that you have processes. Make sure that you brought in the lawyers to make sure that you've got all the whistleblowing procedures that you need and everything else that goes with it. All you can do now, really, as a broadcaster, I imagine, yeah, it's a great answer to my question. All you can do now is, from now on, be squeaky clean and be ready for when things do come out because things are you know. if you're ready and this is all what we talk about with crisis preparedness you, you know you you have to think about what could happen you have to think about okay well this is where we are now that we're you know we are preventing anything bad from happening from this day forward and god knows not bad bad stuff happens it's how you handle that and it's how prepared you are for that will help you handle that even better so Set yourself up for success with handling a crisis. Don't set yourself up for disaster by brushing these things under the carpet, hoping they won't come out or hoping they'll go away. That's not going to help anybody. Mm. It's like I say to everybody, you know, we had a a mini crisis ourselves at Demoso this week when 
We had a journalist who hadn't been very happy with the fact he didn't get the food he liked on a on a press trip. This stuff happens, but unfortunately he decided he would write about it. And, you know, uh, yeah, I said to or to my uh, all of the people at Demosa, what can we learn from it? Let's just make sure we ask more questions, make sure that we are, you know, really aware of all these things. You know, this was a kind of like came from left field, didn't know it was going to happen. But now we know when we're working with journalists, we're going to make sure that we find out everything about what they want, even if it's down to bananas or apples. Absolutely. You know, to make us learn from the situation so so that we don't get it wrong again and of course that wasn't something that you could ever sort of plan for no but our system is something goes wrong let's find out why it went wrong let's see if we can we can mitigate against it let's make sure that we follow up and make sure that that's sorted but also let's make sure it never happens again and you know that's just a really simple simple way of explaining what organizations should be doing in their approaches there's a route through. There's always a route through when it comes to due diligence that these organizations can undertake. We're doing it at Demozo. We'll continue to try and improve always as we always do. Like it, life is all about improvement, isn't it? Every day, it's all about improvement. And organizations can 100% improve their due diligence from what it was two decades ago, which clearly, based on the allegations that have been leveled at Russell Brand, was not brilliant. They weren't doing excellent due diligence. They weren't doing what they were was professionally required of them, let's say. And they weren't doing what met standards. Where are we now as we bring this episode to a close? Well, the story hasn't disappeared per se, but things have overtaken it. Sunak's net zero pushback, all of these things have overtaken it. And Russell Brand did a gig the night of the allegations. The rest of his tour has been postponed slash cancelled. What will be, will be with that. We wait to see. And Jackie and I will be sure to come back on the podcast and update you all and update ourselves on what's been going on with this particular news story. But... As we bring this episode to a close, listeners, some due diligence from myself, a few T's and C's before we let you go. If you would like to get in touch with us, and we would love you to do so, you can do so via email. You can email us at info at demozo.com or info at the rest is pr.com. You can also go to both of those websites to find out all about the brilliant work Demozo have been up to. And we are doing brilliant work, by the way. We are. So there you go. And also the brilliant <laughs> work the podcast has been getting up to at the rest is pr.com. I've been keeping that updated so check that out if you'd like to you can also follow us on x at the rest is pr capital t capital r capital i capital pr i'm going to keep calling it twitter maybe that's because i'm 30 follow us on twitter or x whatever you call it at the rest is pr and you can also get in touch with us via linkedin jackie walls lyle fulton will pick messages up on that platform as well jackie we've got a brilliant guest on next week lovely helen really excited for that same time next week what do you reckon brilliant brilliant stuff cannot wait for that but for the time being listeners thank you so much for joining us on the latest episode of the rest is pr from jackie and myself take care of yourself it's bye for now